On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. All right, my next guest is Alfred Nomad. That's right, you heard me correctly. Alfred Nomad is an independent artist emerging from Los Angeles, and let me tell you, he is cutting it up. Catching the attention of the team here at The Career Musician with his passion for activism and utilizing his music to create change for marginalized communities, Alfred Nomad has a message and he's bringing it to you. In the fall of 2020, he released an album focusing on the importance of mental health and wellness to coincide with a campaign to raise funds providing free therapy sessions for black creatives. Originally hailing from Indianapolis, Indiana, and Atlanta, Georgia, from one nomad to another, let me introduce my brother, Alfred Nomad. Dude, Alfred Nomad, first of all, there's so much that I want to talk to you about. First of all, I want to talk about the fact that you had the tenacity to reach out to us here at the Career Musician Podcast and be like, yo, I like what you're doing. My name is Alfred Nomad. Here's all my stats. Here's all my materials. I would love to be on the show. Please check it out. You know, yeah. that alone, like I said, it takes tenacity, but it also takes a level of skill that the average young aspiring career musician does not have or the yeah. average indie artist that they don't always possess that. So yeah. I want to just start there. First of all, kudos to you, my brother. Oh, thank you. And I appreciate y'all for checking out the, uh, all the information and, and uh, getting back with me. It's always a, can be a shot in the dark, depending on how you go about it. So, right. and how busy the other part, people are and all of that. So I appreciate y'all taking the, um, the time, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you how it happened. I have a little gym set up right outside of my studio and I was working out one morning and that's when your email came in. And as I'm working out, I'm always screening all of my, you know, emails and correspondence and posts and whatnot. And you came in, as soon as you popped in, I sent it to my team. I said, no, we got to have this guy on the show. Like wow. it was instant. That's what's <laughs> up. I like to hear that, man. That means a lot. <laughs> and the reason why is because your email was so articulately designed and your press, your press kit and your social presence and your promo materials were on point. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that that was with time and, and, you know, trial and error and figuring out better ways to do stuff the next time. But yeah, I'm pretty proud of how I put it all together this time around. So, (laughs) Well, you should be. And I was going to ask you, have you done this without a manager just by yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, thankfully, you know, I have good peers and, and community around me and, and, you know, I'm always learning, but yes, yeah, it's, it's no manager or anything like that. It's, it's me for the most part. Yeah. Well, look, everybody, all the listeners need to check out Alfred Nomad, uh, you know, everywhere on all the socials and you can go to alfrednomad.com. Um, because I do believe that you are, you know, uh, Run, running the head of the game here, you know, leading the pack, so to speak, with yeah. your skill set in that area. Thank you. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. Yeah. So yeah. great. All right. So tell us, you're from Indy. 
Yes, yes. Uh, that's what I've like you. I'm guessing. I don't know if you've lived in multiple places, but I have as well. Hence the name Nomad. But yeah, that's, that's where right. I consider. That's where I consider myself from. Is from uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm from New York originally, but I've had over 30 physical addresses. Yeah. So. Dang. Okay, you got me beat. That's <laughs> wow. Okay, like actual addresses, not just like right. checking in. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 older than you, but still. So yeah. you know, tell us about your path, man. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, moved around from uh, different. I originally was on the East Coast, but I lived in a few different places on the East Coast, like D.C., Pennsylvania, a little bit of upstate New York, and then um, I moved to Indianapolis when I was uh adolescent like going into teenage years and i was there through middle and high school that's where i really um got into uh making music i I started out writing poetry like that's what i i I never had uh when i first started doing that i never planned to get into rapping or anything like that but i would always write poetry that rhymed it just made sense that way to me and i actually had uh two older cousins that produced music and made music and they were like yo you should you should rap like you already write these this poetry and stuff you should rap and as soon as i wrote my first like verse i and and we at that point in time we were recording on a boom box it wasn't even like a full setup this was years ago and uh and i fell in love with it and ever since then um i did it all the time you know writing and recording and as you uh and then i i had like some rap groups i was in like in high school i had uh, groups i was in and we got to the point where we were like skipping school to go record <laughs> and stuff like that. And um, and then I went off to college in Atlanta. I went to Clark Atlanta University out in Georgia and that like took it up a whole nother notch. Like then I started like performing and doing showcases and talent shows and, and uh, recording uh, in my in my apartment or dorm, wherever I was at uh, and, and doing it, really starting like the independent grind um, on another level. and. Um, and just from that, you know, but always have like an independent mind state. And from there, it's just, it's been trial and error, trying things, doing things. But I've always been like really serious. And I, I, like I said, I was in rap groups before, but then I started going solo. And um, and then I got married. I ended up, uh, my wife had opportunity out in California and we ended up moving out here to LA a few years ago. And uh, then I got in touch with some people. Like there's an organization out here called The Rattle. I always shout them out because it's just a really dope community of artists and people in tech and they they like to support artists out here and yeah and then i got to the point where uh have this new project called every uh call everything will be all right and it's kind of where i'm at now so it's just now i'm, I'm really i feel like being the type of artist i want to be with using my music to as a vehicle to be able to make a real difference in communities and, and be able to spread messages in the way that i want to so yeah, it's been well, really, really dope so far. I got to say, that's the second thing that struck me. Again, the first thing that struck me was your uh, professionalism and the aesthetic of what you sent me, you know, as a promo material, p- promo package, basically. But then the second thing that struck me is I watched as a, again, sorry, I was working out and I was like, let me check this guy out. You know, it's cool. Yeah. I, I watched Fly Away while, mm-hmm. you know, while I was hitting the, the weights there. And I was like, wow, I really like how socially conscious you were. You know, you're saying, look, this is who I am. This is where I come from. This is a little bit about me, but this is us as a community. This is how we can, you know, let's all come together. Fly Away is just one example because obviously you have a lot more videos, uh, songs than that. Yeah. Talk about that. You know, talk about how you became, how, how you, you know, 
that awareness. Right? Okay, we say woke. That level of wokeness, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, man. It's it's just growing up, and and uh, I've always felt like I, I heard this so long ago. Like when I was earlier earlier on um, making music, was just that you know artists. I feel like have a responsibility to an extent. You know, whether it's just to tell the truth about whatever. You know, however you want to express it, but you have a responsibility with things you say and like your messages, they mean something and they're going to affect people in some sort of way. So, you know, you want to be conscious with how you're using that and using that, that skill and that talent and that, that platform that you have, no matter how big or small it is. And, and just, you know, finding myself and finding out what's important to me. And I just want to be able to use it to make a difference for people. You know, I love collaboration and I love, um, being able to help uh, communities, especially communities of color. Like it's just, it's just, it's just becoming, you know, I'm just becoming more and more into my purpose and I'm just using this as a vehicle for that, you know? So, That's perfect, man. That reminds me of something my wife always says. And it's interesting because um, you mentioned you're married and I think uh, a relationship, a long-term relationship is a great way to learn self-awareness, right? For sure. And, yes. and, growth. Yeah. and Absolutely. something my wife always says is that words matter. And mm-hmm. I was brought up in a household where words didn't matter. Yeah. We could just we could just put one another down and be like, ah, oh, we could just you know rag on each other all the time. I'm the eldest of three three boys, and me and my brothers were always ragging on each other. Words didn't really matter. We didn't put put much weight into words. And my parents, uh, they were self made independent artists, entrepreneur types. They were very similar way. My father's from Cuba. You know, he migrated to the United States from Cuba as a young man. Uh, he grew up on the street, basically. So it's interesting that you say that. You're aware, you're conscious of it, and then now you're even more conscious of it with your community. And like you said, there's two things I want to chop up here. Okay. Number one is, like Common, okay? Like some of my favorite rappers, Common, Most Def, Q-Tip, that era. That's all my like, yeah. You know that's, what I'm that's some of my top top echelon. It's okay, good, because that's sure. exactly what you remind me of. You're bringing yeah. this whole socially conscious element that typical rap isn't talking about. So let's just talk about that first. Yeah, I, I mean, it, and I, I, it's funny because I feel like a lot of artists that would be considered conscious don't necessarily want to harp on that part of like calling it conscious, but yeah. it's just being aware, like you said, and just telling more sides to the story. I feel like you know and. And it's not necessarily always the most popular thing that's talked about all the time. Because I feel like certain things that you hear all the time, it's real easy to talk about those things. But I just feel like maybe the conscious or aware artists, they're just, they might be talking. I mean, a lot of these artists, like uh, Most Def or Common or Q-Tip, like they talk about the same stuff at times that some more, you know, just poppy artists are talking about. But I feel like they tell more sides to the story and they, they may go a little bit more in depth on on that you know what i'm saying so right uh but like you but like you said just uh being raised on like you know jay-z or common or q-tip or lupe or you know even even kanye west when when he was first came out like the all these people show that you can talk about the things you're actually going through you don't have to just talk about what you what what maybe just the most popular thing or what the wave is at that time but you can and you can tell multiple sides of that story and and 
bring things full circle. And that's like how life is. Like I, I look like I look at it as I make music you can live through, live to, and you can you can grow with. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I that's that's my favorite kind of music is the music that it's not set just for one scene or one time a day or one part of your life. Like you can literally grow with the best music that I love, you can grow with it. Like it can be dope to you now and then 10 years later there might be parts of that that you pick up that you weren't on because you just weren't there mentally you know and you can actually grow with it so I, that's the type of music that i want I, I strive to make and intend to make you know it's music you can live your life to you know and grow with you know that's a that's a quote that we're yeah, captioning that sounds like a quote right, right? i'm looking at eric Please do. Like, send it back to me <laughs> that's, that's it you make music that you can live to that you can grow with yeah, that's 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 what it's all about. Cause that's my favorite kind of music, you know. Out even even outside of hip hop, you know, it's just that's the best music. Is the music you can live your whole life to and appreciate, you know. It means something different at each stage in your life. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. That's right. Each stage of your life. Hey, speaking of which, tell us some of the musical influences that you have, like you said, other than in in the uh, rap, you know, arena. Oh, well, my family. Uh, I grew up. As a little kid, you know, I would always hear my family playing music like Earth, Wind & Fire, Heat Wave. Um, what do you say? The OJs. The OJs, yeah. The OJs. All, all yeah. the Motown's uh, so, era, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that's like, that's in my memories as a kid, just older um, music. But then, you know, growing up, like as a little kid, I always remember my mother and when we lived, when I was younger, like, young grade school playing 90s uh, r&b and hip-hop so like all the oh, like swvs and all the, when hip-hop and r&b was really like you know when it was r&b I mean, yeah when it was r&b and there was hip-hop but they were coming together like that period of time you know what i'm talking about like that's dude. that's a, a a big part of the influence for me too and then you know just as you get older and now with the internet you know, you can learn about other music that you might not have necessarily grew up to, but it's just really good music. Like my wife put me on Amy Winehouse, you know, and, and, and just different things like that. So there's, there's just, it's all across the board. So I just, I'm at this point now where I just love good music, you know. That's I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm curious to know what artist would, that influences you that people would be surprised to hear that influence you. That's a good one. Uh, I, you, that's a great question. And I was just thinking about this before. Um, the other day um and you're talking about music artists that yeah. that yeah well, I, I, love, atypical. I love i love okay so i love average white band i love oh, average right. white band. <laughs> i'm clapping because i'm over here the old funketeer that i am i'm like it. yeah play yeah. that fucking music man yeah like i love them um and then i'd say there's other you know other types of art that inspire me you know like i feel like and this isn't necessarily newer but like banksy or gordon parks like there's just other types of art you know outside of just music that i feel like are really really dope as well you know very cool so very cool. Yeah. wow uh, uh the, i you know i'm so glad you say that the reason why i'm like wow is because <laughs> the visual arts is something that we don't typically draw a parallel to when it comes to music but it's always been there. Even like if you if you want to even talk about hip hop, it's always been there. And and graffiti was an original part of hip hop. So the visual side has always been a part of, of hip. There's like different. I, these are different. We can go on tangents here. Yeah, I'm sure. Please, but this tangent is away, story, bro. But I mean, but it's been it, like the. Di the genres like different genres being with hip-hop has been there and then like the visual side has always been there too. Like we talk about graffiti and and just 
artists being inspired by by visual artists. I mean, Basquiat has been mentioned. I don't know how many times in hip hop, you know. So it's 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 been it, they go together. It's it's a it's a part of it, you know. And music is also visual too. Like at least especially nowadays, everything is is more visual. So and I'm I I want to say this too. I'm impressed by two different things. So on the music side, I love the fact that an artist can make music and they can make people. You can do a tour and people will line up outside you know, to come see you in in a city. But I'm also very much inspired by a visual artist that can have their art in a museum in one place and people from all over the world will come and line up to go see that visual art somewhere. So I just feel like that's super dope to me. And I've always, and I'm just, you know, I get inspired by both of those things. Man, and that is such a huge icon mentioning, you know, Jean-Michel Basquiat, right? Yes. I mean, he died. He's part. He's a member of the Twenty Seven Club. You yeah. know, he died at the age twenty seven, like Kurt Cobain and so many other greats, Jimi Hendrix, and the list goes on. Yeah, uh, I'm so glad you brought him up, man. What what a monumental figure mm-hmm. and Absolutely. culture as an artist, as a visual artist, right? Yeah, talking about joining these different areas of art together. Yeah. And he was using his platform to talk about a lot of different things. Like, you know, he put black people in at the center of a lot of his work. That's right. And mentioning about different things and different topics. I mean, it's it's kind of like you can leave it up to your opinion on, on his pieces and stuff. But he was talking about he would he would be I would feel like considered a conscious artist, you know, too. Ex- extremely, you know, and, yeah. and the fact that he was Haitian and Puerto Rican descent. That's mm, super yeah. cool as well. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, it's so funny because we were talking about this with another guest just recently. So, okay, wow. You, you said so many things I want to talk about. First of all, you said, and I have to, sorry, I'm, I'm dropping <laughs> I'm dropping a little bit of a name. You know that I was the music director for Babyface, right? Do you know that? I didn't know that. Okay. That's amazing. So for yeah, 12 I years, that. I worked with Babyface, Kenny Babyface Edmonds. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was Small, just... Slight flex. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm flexing just a little bit. Oh, come on. Slight flex, yeah. All right. So, you know, for 12 years, I was his guitarist. But then for 10 of those 12 years, I was his guitarist and music director. Um, mm. uh, and, you know, I've learned, I learned so much from working with him over, the, over that, you know, decade or so. But you mentioned that convergence again of when there was R&B, there was hip hop, but then they kind of joined together. But still, we I still call it classic R&B. And you said your mom was bringing you up on some 90s R&B, the real, yeah. the real shit, you know? Yeah, yeah. They were really singing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and my mother, yeah, she would play, like I said, we we had the old the oldies, oldies, and then they had right. the, the, like you said, R&B. But then she loved Biggie, you know what I'm saying? So it was, right. so it was all of those things, so, yeah. Right, right. Because that, and that was, a, again, that goes with, wow, yes. Because you had the Biggie and, and Pac movement right when you had uh, the grunge movement. Mm, yep. Like a whole nother convergence. And now it's all coming. I like the fact that today. Well, then, uh, you, got, you, then you got, because of that, you got bands like Linkin Park. Yes. And Limp Bizkit, who yes. were hip hop and rock at the same time. Mm. That's what I was going to say, where the lines are blurred. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's and, and you can see certain artists that have blurred those lines, you know, even in hip hop, like you have like a Travis Scott. He's super grunge, if you want to say, to an extent, at least the live element for sure. So it's like, it's, it's kind of all in there, you know. Right. I had seen that Chris Cornell tribute at the uh, the forum like a couple of years ago, and Miguel came out to sing. I forget what tune he sang, but That's they were all right. singing Chris Cornell songs mm. in tribute to him. And nice. I had no clue that 
that Miguel had those chops. Like, I know he's a great singer, but it's like, again, these worlds just crossing over. So true. And your music reminds me of that. Like, again, I like the fact that you brought so many different threads and you joined them together. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So, again, focusing on the concept that you are an independent artist mm-hmm. to the core. You don't have a record label sponsor, you know, backing you up. Uh, you don't have promoters, you know, booking you or, or booking agent, rather. Uh, you don't have the manager. And I say yet with a capital Y because all that will come. Mm-hmm. What's a day in the life like of Alfred Nomad? Let's talk about the the logistics of how you split up your artistic duties and your business responsibilities. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Yeah. And that's something I realize I get complimented on a lot is the fact that I'm crushing. I, I say, and I don't I don't re, I don't think about it when you just have your head down and doing it. But, you know, because I, I feel I realize that there are a lot of creatives can't do can't oh. do both. Uh, but, yeah, it's just I mean, it's I, it, it all ended up out of necessity. You know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, it could be a personality thing and you can be an organized person. But at the same time, it's just out of necessity. Like if I want to get covered on a you know a music the the career musician podcast i have to reach out to them you know and to reach out to them you got to be able to present yourself right and it's just like you said with trial and error and over the years like i was you know sending music out in the blog era when before you know when when blogs were like the out the the gatekeepers kind of thing so from then that's where i learned to have to um uh have to figure out how to pitch you know yourself to people and and learn kind of what the, the best practices of that but anyway to answer your question of a day in the life um it's kind of so i have a, i have a, a team of people um i have a, a brand that i've created um called love um it's spelled lxve stands for love and value everything and everyone um and that's where i started curating my own events and i have like a small group of people that i i work with and it's kind of like depending on what what the main goal is at that point in time, but uh, I'm always you know checking emails you know in the earlier in the day or whatever. I try I try to do it right now is like I, I don't know how you how far you want me to go with this, but are you asking like just in general day yeah, or now. or yeah? Tell us, man. This is your this is your showcase, bro. Got you. Um, I mean, I so on a good day, how I'll do it is I I get up, I meditate, 
I try to write something, you know, I'm, I'm making sure to record more so now, um, like maybe try to record something. I'm checking emails, you know, making sure to get back to people. I may have a list of things. I, I'm like a Google Doc king. Like I, I, I make Google Docs for everything, like all my no, ideas. You're uh, describing me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like I, I, I got like, you know, media lists, like whatever. Like I keep lists of and, and notes for all my everything, you know, but I write it down because I, I have a horrible memory. So I have to write things out. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, um, but yeah. And now I've connected with this with this organization called The Rattle. That's, they're based in the UK, but they have a branch out here in L.A., um, so they're, I work with them heavily now. So I have some people from that organization. What are they called? The Rattle. Like, like, a, like a rattlesnake, The Rattle. You got that. Yeah. Yet. So if you look up The Rattle, uh, you, should, you should see them. Um, but yeah, they're just super dope. But I talk, I'm usually talking to a couple, couple people from that organization once a week. Once a week and we're kind of planning out like, okay, what are you working on now? What are you trying to do? It's not a management, but it's just an organization that I work with. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So, um, and... You know, I, I also have a have a podcast that I've started, <laughs> you know, so um, it, but honestly, that that's more like a hobby. That's like something just fun for me to be able to talk because I'm indoors a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm working right. on stuff a lot, so I'm not yeah. just talking. But so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'll go to, to I've recorded the rattle sometimes. So I'll go there and record an episode or, you know, have a studio session or whatever like that. And yeah, I've been organizing like this throughout this pandemic has been a very productive time for me, honestly. So here's the key word structure. And, you know, like so many musician creatives, like you said, may not have the ability to think in both realms or might not not be as organized. But I think we can all get there. In other words, like if you're not as good in one area, you can work on that to, you know, to bring your skills up. And it goes across the board. Right. So if you're not the best keyboard player, but, you know, you need to learn some keyboards so that way you can write doper tracks, you're going to start studying some keyboard tutorials, right? Right, exactly. So it should be the same for organization and management and everything else. So I love the fact that you said you wake up and you start with meditation and yeah. then you, you're a Google Docs king on the same way. You're organized. Yeah. You understand how to put all these. It's structure. I think my point is to the listeners, learn from Alfred Nomad. You're a young cat out in the biz, hustling, grinding, and doing it. Learn from people like me who might, you know, I've been here longer, doing it longer. It's the same concept. Again, what do I always say? The the methods may change and vary, but the principles remain the same. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, is have goals in mind or what are you working on? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, and this, I've been guilty of this is like being spread out, doing too many things at once. And it's not even necessarily a bad thing because I'm, I'm, I am organized, but Right. You can stretch yourself too thin or not really focus on getting something done. But I, I pride myself on executing an idea. You know, like if there's something yeah. I'm trying to make happen and, and okay, what are the steps needed to take that, to do that? And literally breaking it down into steps, you know, and, and crossing those things off, you know. So it, it just takes a time. But it's all about finding what's your, what's the best method for you. Like I've, I've read things. I read a lot too. But yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I've read like, you know, some people will say make to-do lists and scratch stuff off and you'll feel better. I've, I've heard other people like, to do lists aren't don't work like don't do that you know so it just but whatever works for you but the thing is like you said figure out your structure figure out what makes sense for you also take care of yourself you know what i'm saying like i I mentioned meditating but also exercise like how you were in the gym like i 
uh, exercise, you know, a few times a week. So, you know, just trying to make sure you're taking care of yourself all the way around too. But yeah, find some structure, you know, and, and knock stuff out and just have a plan. You know, I think that's the biggest stuff, you know. And as you're, whether it's a virtual checklist or, or little check, literal checklist, as you're, as you're knocking stuff out, like you say, man, that feeling of accomplishment is, is quite invigorating, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It feels good to get through your, your list or just at least. And if you don't get through your list for the day, at least you can see I did something, you know, I got something done or at least, you know what to do the next day, you know? So, yeah, so true. So true. I, so I think this covers the concept of self-management really well. Um, yeah. Segwaying from there, do you have a mantra like when, when things are going tough, when it's hard for you, as you mentioned during the pandemic, this is allowed uh, a lot of creative time for you to really hunker down and get focused. You have a yeah. mantra, something that that you go to when when you feel just you know a little yes. stressed or stressed a, out or perfect segue. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> yes, but yes, I do have a mantra. Uh, it's everything will be all right. Um, that's kind of how this whole album and project came about was I was really going through a tough time and trying to figure things out. Like my, when I first got to LA, the transition was tough. It was. Tell us about that, bro. Cause it's tough for a lot of people. That, yeah. Um, like, I, like I said, I was in Atlanta. I was, I was in, in Georgia for like 10 years. So, I mean, I had a network out there. I was, you know, doing stuff regularly, but it, it ended up working out for the better in the end. But I, we moved out to LA. I didn't have anything where I had to be in, in Atlanta. You know, I could move. So, moved to LA, but I moved here, you know, with dang near nothing, you know, besides my network, you know, I, I, so I was working like four jobs at a period of time, you know, like doing, you know, part-time work or doing driving Lyft or, you right. know, uh, I, I have like a background for my schooling and like communications and marketing. So doing like virtual marketing for people, like just doing like whatever I could to make rent, you know, like that type of stuff. It was, it was really tough um, first getting out here. And, you know, trying to, I had to sell my microphone that I had at the time when I first got out here just to, wow. Know, yeah, that was a, that was a day, bro. When I had to, when I, when I had to sell my, like my microphone. What was I, it? Which mic was it? It was a Shure mic. I forget which one it is right now. I'm horrible with like That's names right. and stuff, but yeah, it was, it was a Shure mic. It was a good one. It was a good one. I, it was the one I recorded um, my first two uh, solo like albums that are up that you can check out. I recorded right. both of those on that mic. Uh, but yeah, I, I, yeah, so I, I had to sell my mic so I couldn't even record at certain, like I was, so I just had like one little mic I was making demos on. Like I, it was a tough time, but I ended up, uh, but I, I was telling myself this mantra the whole time. Everything will be all right. Like it's good. Like it'll, it'll work out like faith. That's something that's been instilled in me since I was a kid is faith. Like my mother, I give her, um, all the props for instilling faith in me, uh, throughout my life. It's always like, there was always times where we didn't know the answers, but she was just like, you know, it's going to work out. So, um, and I was actually working on a separate project coming to LA, but I just wasn't in that space mentally. And I was telling myself this mantra and my music that I was writing started to reflect that. And that's where the project kind of birthed from there. And uh, yeah, so I started um, recording and creating the Everything Will Be Alright project. Yeah. The reason why I'm smiling ear to ear while you're telling this, because I have the graphic up of Everything Will Be Alright, your album. And uh, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, you know, 
first of all, the the athletic side of me, which I'm not an athlete, I just admire athletes. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a wannabe athlete. <laughs> <laughs> Ex athlete. <laughs> okay, well there you go. So, I'm thinking to myself, wait, was that was that was that a jab jab hook that he took to the how did he how did he get his face made up like that? I'm thinking to myself, oh shit. wow, I love the fact that your face is wrecked. You know, yeah, how did you come yeah. up with this concept? Talk about that. Yeah, so um, I'm, I mean, the album's out now. So if you haven't heard it, then spoiler alert, whatever. But the, I, I, yeah, I, I, there's a video actually. I don't know if you guys have seen it yet, but it's called Peace and Quiet. It's not on YouTube. Okay. I actually have a platform of my own called Tone that I'm now like putting all of my stuff out on. So okay. you can go to tone.vision and you can search Alfred Nomad. You'll find. But I have a video called Peace and Quiet that I shot for the intro song on the album. And it explains the whole concept, but it's basically about showing the pain that we all feel on the inside, on the outside. And uh, um, so that's where that, that concept is. And, and I, I've always had this, I don't know where I had all these ideas, like I said, notes, and I had a doodle that I made. Um, I, I just had this idea of having that beat up face with the words, everything will be all right. And I'm smiling, but it don't look like everything will be all right. right. It's just, that's how I feel like we all feel a lot of the time it's like we'll smile like everything is good but on the inside we feel horrible and we feel like how i look on that cover you know yeah, um, like but still having that mantra on that cover yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly but having that mantra on top you know over right. it is 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 just saying that everything will be all right and it's just it one it makes you have to dig deeper into the story of like what does this mean i gotta listen to this and figure it out but that's also right. that's what it is it's like showing the, the pain that we tend to hide you know on the outside yeah. Man. I love your aesthetic, by the way, on the, the all Thank your you, album covers. That's what I'm saying. The yeah, website. It's just like on point. You, you, yeah. just, you seem like you have a real clear, uh, what's bird's eye view vision of what your brand is. Mm. Yeah, it's like it's like you're your own manager from afar. Because the reason why we're so enamored by it is because as artists, it's really difficult to to zoom in and hone in on your brand identity i think a lot of us as artists can 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 relate to that right yeah but you have that handled yeah i I, it's just like i always say it comes with time you know when i first my very first raps i was writing and freestyling at school i was stealing lines from other rappers you know (laughs) back in the day so i mean you when you first start you kind of do what you you mimic and then you kind of find your voice or just it just all comes with time and just continuing to do it and asking yourself questions and you know, also just being self-aware, you know, and now I'm, I've, I've become very clear. I feel like this year, especially like I'm very clear on, you know, myself and my, my purpose with this and, and the direction I want to go. Like, I feel like this year I really showed the type of artist that I intend to be moving forward and the way I want to go about it and how I want to use it and all of that. So, but that is with years of time, you know, right. and, and just doing and that's what people don't see they don't see the behind the scenes all the years of development Mm -hmm. yeah yeah exactly and not getting discouraged you know and and, because i i'll be the first to say like i'm not a pop a popping artist you know yet you know i'm not you know it's not i don't have the most views and streams and i hear this all the time is and I, i think this is good for like the audience that you that you have for this podcast too it's like I hear all the time. I have. I literally had a DM yesterday from a guy I never knew who lives in Canada and was like, "Yo, I love your your music. I don't know why you don't have more views, but I, I dug into your stuff and I love it. Like you have a fan in me." And I was just like, you know, I appreciate it. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? And and but you know, I'm I, the, the views isn't even what I'm doing it for. But you know, the impact is more important. But you know, I don't know either. 
that I've, I've heard that even I from people you. I'm starting to work with. They're like, ah. I don't know why you don't have more, but it's great, you know? And I just, I just believe in it, you know, so. What's going on? This is Alfred Nomad, and you're checking in with the Career Musician Podcast with my guy, Nomad. Being a career musician is more than just gigs and sessions. Are you a career musician? Find out on the Career Musician Podcast, streaming everywhere. Making music is easy. Making money in music is not. Join Nomad as he talks about the ups, downs, and turnarounds of the music biz. Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Eric G and I talk about this all the time. I um, I ascribe to many of the marketing philosophies and uh, self-help gurus, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of times you get conflicting information from everybody. Yeah. Uh, but one of the people that I love to uh, check out is Seth Godin. He always oh, talks about, going, yep. you know, yeah, he always talks see. about the marketing strategies and whatnot. And you know, he always says like he draws he draws attention to you either have to be first in the game. Or the best. And I struggle with that. I struggle with that comment from Seth, even though I look up to him, because I could look at you and say, well, he's the best rapper, in my opinion, because I think you're mm-hmm. a dope rapper. I love your, I love your style and your Thank skills. You. Uh, but the next person might not might disagree with that. Right? That sounds limiting. That sounds very limiting. You know what I'm saying? Right. That sounds very, extremely limiting to me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, and then clearly you weren't the first. Right. Uh, so, but I still believe that you can make it. So again, that's why I mentioned Seth and I mentioned that I look up to his, his, his musings, right? Yeah, for sure. However, I don't always agree. And I think that's the thing, like you just said it, you have to be willing to take everything in, you know, process it and then do it how you think it needs to be done, but know that it's going to take time. Right. Exactly. And yeah, that just, that, that does sound, um, 
sound limiting to be the whether you're the first or the best, which could be the case. But I could think of even phones. It's like you could say, "What's the best?" You know, this is the best phone. Like, there's plenty of phones that weren't the first phone and not the best phone, but people still buying them. You know, and and also, and this is I'm gonna sound crazy, especially as a hip hop artist, because you hear this all the time. But I'm not doing this to be the best rapper. I feel like that's like to me, and this is me. Is I I feel like that's limiting, or it could make you could drive you crazy to to strive to be the best rapper because name the rapper that everybody says is the best not tupac i don't even know they you ask if you ask if you ask biggie yeah if you but if you ask 10 people none of them are going to say the same person you know like it's you're not going to get 10 people to say the same artist is the right that's so what am i chasing you know it's silly or or you have people that'll say like uh the year kendrick got snubbed by macklemore Oh, everybody was like, he's not the best, but he didn't win. So it's like, what are we chasing? Yeah, what are you chasing by you trying to be the best? Because it's subjective. It, you know, it's, it's I, I'm and that's me. That's the that's what I've come to. And I want to be my best. I want to be the best artist I can be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want to be the best Alfred Nomad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm going to better myself every time. And I pride myself on that. Like I, I always the best, the best, one of the best compliments I get when I drop something new is like, I hear the growth or I hear yeah. I hear, I see what you're doing. Like, you know, I, I can, I can hear that it sounds better this time than the last time. That's the best compliment I can get, but trying to be the best rapper, like I'll be chasing that my whole life. And you can, you can even get reached Lil Wayne status where everybody you, you can, you can have the, the title of best rapper alive or whatever, but still, if he went down the street, there's still going to be somebody who says you're not. So right. I'm not chasing that. You know what I'm saying? But that's I me. And I could, I could sound crazy. And that's very, maybe very non, non-hip-hop of me to say that. But No, you know. I don't think it sounds crazy. I think it sounds human. I think it sounds real. Which is very... Yeah. Which is very... Thank, well, that's the core of what hip-hop was built on. Although it seems to have drifted away from that. If you look... Let me be clear, minute. though. I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna beat your ass in a in a in a in a in a cipher though. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a, I'm gonna come in there. I, I'm still competitive. Like I, I came from sports. You know what I'm saying? I'm still I'm not I'm not going in to not be the best artist tonight. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not so I, I will say that too. But I'm not doing it to be the best. Like for every like if if I'm not if everybody online isn't saying that I have the best album of the year, I'm gonna kill myself. Like I'm not. Right. I'm not chasing that. You know what I'm saying? But yes, I'm going to, I'm still, I still have a competitive spirit and still am going to bring my best. You know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, that's not going to make or break how I feel about myself. You know what I'm saying? Amen. And, and, and listeners, I hope you, you're taking this in because we all need to take that to heart and understand that, you know, comparison, my, again, I love my wife because she always brings these little parables to my comparison is the thief of all joy. You know, as soon as you yeah. start comparing oh, yourself to somebody, now all of a sudden you're depressed. Oh, I don't, I'm not like this. I'm like, yeah, but you are like you, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, back in the day, we used to call it cutting heads. You go on stage as musicians, you use cut heads, you know. Chomp yeah, up, yeah. You know? <laughs> I lo- and I, I say this too, like, because I love performing with bands and I love watching the dynamic with, with uh, musicians because... Right. Like you said, they can be competitive or they can oh, be yeah. like, or like comedians, like they'll, they're competitive or they'll, you know, whatever, but they still, there's still a camaraderie there. Like you can, you can want to be the best bass player there that night, you know what I'm saying? But there's still a camaraderie there and you still feel like you can learn from one another or whatever, you know, but it's still competitive. So I, I rock with that, you know, yeah. and that's kind of my, my, uh, that's my approach when it comes to this too. 
I love it. There's a famous jazz uh, fusion funk bass player named Jaco Pastorius. Do you know that name? The name sounds familiar, but I can't pinpoint. Real yeah. popular in the 70s and 80s. Uh, he died uh, a young death as well. He was, <laughs> he was a, a peculiar individual. Uh, but they interviewed him and they said, Jaco, how does it feel to be the best bass player in the world? And he said, I don't know, get me a fucking gig and then I'll tell you. <laughs> like, wow, I love it. He was like unemployed. He's like, yo, I have no idea because I don't think I am because nobody's hiring me. And I'm taking wow. that to try to align it with what you heard from the gentleman who called you from, from Canada or hit you up or whatever. It's yeah. the same precept. You know, look, I, I go through it too. We all go through it, I think. And it's, sometimes it just doesn't happen as quick as we want it to. Yeah, or, or how many artists do we know that especially in the visual art world, but how many artists do we know that didn't get to just do when they were alive, you know? Like, or, you know, we hear about this was the best music of his time, but they died broke and right. unhappy, you know? <laughs> like, that's my point, know, exactly. That's morbid, I know, but yeah, no. but still, it's just, just the, to the point of it, you know? And everything, Chasing, at the end of the day, everything will be all right. I love that, I love that. Yes, absolutely, yes, everything will be all right. <laughs> especially if you believe in yourself, yeah. Ah, add that tagline. That's your quote right there. I like yeah. it. Um, let's talk about, I'm kind of, I'm jumping around a little bit, but I, I'm, I'm going to touch this back to the socially conscious uh, concept of what you're doing and your platform and what we've experienced this year with the mm. whole Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you know, man, what, a, what an historical time to live through, first of all, right? Yeah, right. I feel like, you know, it's the 60s uh, social equity all over again, right? It's just, we're, we're reliving it all. Talk about that and how you feel about that. And, you know, it just seems like you're the perfect combination of artists to reach many different factions of ears who mm. might not otherwise hear the message, right? Yeah. Does that make yeah. sense? When it comes to, yeah, so... With the Black Lives Matter movement and, and organization and, and all that they're fighting for, this stuff has been going on. It's just been, it's just, this became a monumental year of polarizing it in a way and in a time where everybody had to sit down and couldn't just be busy and move on to the next thing the next day. So this was just a combination of a bunch of things, bringing it to the light. But this has been going on, you know, and, and even a song that I re I didn't even re-release it. I just posted about it again um, around earlier this year. But my song, Calm Down, I made that over three years ago, you know, and it was talking about police brutality and, and murders that we that that um, of, of black people mm -hmm. and people of color by the police uh, and. And people were like, oh, my gosh, this, this message. But I was like, I wrote and it, it became and I even said a line about um, uh, put a gun to your face with a knee on your neck. And I said that three years ago. And then, you know, what, what happened with George Floyd. And, and it's just it's just full full surface stuff. And it was just like, you know, this is it's been going on. And, and but I feel like I, I'm appreciated. I'm appreciative of now that people are listening a little more and are like, oh, wow, this really is wrong. And I didn't know. I don't know how you don't know, but, you know, everybody's got a, a thing, you know what I'm saying? But, right. uh, but yes, it, it is important for me to use my platform as well. And it's just how I'm feeling. Like, I, I dropped a song called Justice this year, which was basically a part two for Calm Down, uh, talking about, 
you know, we want justice now. Like we're not, and it was, people were talking about the riots and people are mad. I hate, I hate the, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm going along, uh, oh, <laughs> but I, I hate the fact that, you know, when it became news, like when people started rioting or the looters or whatever, and yeah. that became the news and that, that became the, the issue. Focus. Yeah, it's yeah. like, let's talk about why this even happened. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. and, and it was kind of talking about that. It's like, you want to get mad about people rioting or, or the, the looting or, or whatever people, you know, you push somebody long enough, they're going to react in a certain way. And a lot of these protests weren't even, they were peaceful protests anyway. So that wasn't even like the main thing for any of these things, but right. just talking about, we want justice now. Like we don't want, you know, and it was a time where we, we saw all these, um, companies posting somebody black finally or posting a black square and trying to say that they're you know they support the black lives matter movement for a month you know and all of that but it's like that's great you can paint the streets to say black lives matter and all that but we want justice for the people that have been wronged and we don't want this stuff to happen anymore so that's that's what's what we want actually you know at the end of the day right right we don't want just uh hollow actions out on the street we want the real justice in the courtrooms right, right. and that and that's and that's the whole point of all of this it's like we're not kneeling because it's like hey i want you to say i matter it's like no i want you to to treat me like <laughs> like right we thing. matter you know right yeah Do the right thing unconditionally yeah. right exactly and yeah. yeah i don't i don't need the the extra stuff you know or, or the the like the pacifier stuff or just the make the, the the look you know like we we just want to be treated equally and, and fairly and justly and you know we just want um true equality in situations you know is there an ingredient that you feel that is missing from american culture that perhaps if it were added it could help bring a, a quicker remedy to the situation The main thing I would say to be added, and it's not necessarily even, well, it's just one is education. I feel like people need to be educated on how this stuff really works. Mm. And like, even with, um, I, it became, I, people became more aware of it. And that was something I also was using my platform for this year with voting and realizing the importance of not only like the presidential votes, but the local voting mm. and how that stuff works. Like we're just not, there's a lot we're not taught, you know? And I feel like and when people are educated and can make educated decisions about things, that one makes some sort of change. So I would add that. But also, I just feel like the system, and I said this in the song Justice too, is like the system ain't broke. If it was, we could fix it in a day. The sad reality is it was built to be this way. I feel like it's not about adding. It's about completely changing. Like we just got to completely change the the system. Is what's the, we're, we're living in a, in, a, in a society where that systems were set up when slave, like in slavery, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, a lot of it was set up in the same time and it, it still stems today, you know? And I'm not blaming, every, well, I'm not gonna blame it. I'm not going to blame every single thing on slavery, but the systems are old and it's like they're, and it, it's not, you know, like the, even the, and I could be misquoting, I don't wanna say too much. I'm not gonna say something I don't know enough about. So I'm not gonna do that, but I, but it's just, I feel like stuff is set up not to help to be, equal across the board. And I think things just need to be taken out or completely changed altogether ra rather than yeah. adding a component yeah. is the point. Uh, uh, amended, you know, that's why we have the amendments so that you right. exactly. address issues that uh, in these, in these modern times are different from when it was back then, but you're right. It was, it was structured like that, which brings to mind, have you heard of the documentary 13th on that's on Netflix? Yes. Now? Yes. Absolutely. Bro. I just became hip to that. I'm like, holy shit. This is some eye-opening stuff. 
Yes, absolutely. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. There's, um, let me, hold on. I want to tell you the right thing. I'm going to look it up real yeah, quick. Please. But check out the 13th, uh, it, or if you uh, if you haven't checked that out. And then also, there's a podcast. Um, hold on, I got to look. I want to just make sure I tell you the right thing. 1619 by the New York Times. And um, if you look up 1619, that literally breaks down everything um, that of why it, it breaks down how society is, how just about everything is based around slavery or is because of slavery. Like, right. so if you, if you, so if you look up 1619 yeah. and I, th- I think, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, there's something called the 1619 project that they were planning to put in schools and Trump wanted to ban that from being in curriculums. Right. And we all know, you know, but, and it's like, wow, but that's, but it, it's because, so if you check out 1619, it's a podcast on Spotify, it breaks it down, but also you can research the 1619 project. 1619 was the year that the very first, um, the very first slave boat was, arrived, came to the, arrived at the yeah, American, on American and shores. Then, yeah. And yeah. And how from that moment, everything changed and how every, 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 literally every aspect of society can be traced back to that. And, right. and how it's been affected and how it's set up today. So that can, can explain that too. So if you watch 13, you can see how the um, uh, prison industrial complex and how that's set up. And then 1619 will break down like really. So for all the people that are like, y'all, can y'all stop talking about slavery? Like it's, it's, it was so long ago, but yeah, but that brings, but to bring it back, yes. And that is why I created this Everything Will Be Right project and initiative to help uh, people of color and to help black creatives uh, to help with their mental health and bring not only awareness, but real resources, you know what I'm saying, to that community. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Real resources. Perfect. Okay. So you have, like we, we've already covered, you have a great platform you developed. It's taken years. You've developed yourself. Uh, as we know, artists and repertoire used to, A&R, used to develop artists. But mm-hmm. nowadays in, in, in the new industry, the DIY industry, we have to do it ourselves. And you've done a great job. Kudos. And you're using your platform to bring awareness. Uh, what do you see on the horizon for yourself, Alfred Nomad as the artist? Uh, you know, any projects that you can discuss a little bit without giving it away? Or? Uh, yeah. I mean, you can expect uh, more music you know, I, I'm, I got, I got, a, I'm, I may be dropping a couple things before the year is out, a couple of tracks, oh, or one or two, um, before the year is out. So I, I yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also have a, a merch collection and the vinyl for everything will be all right that uh, I plan to release top of it like early next year. <clears throat> and, okay. 
yeah, and I'm I'm just I'm working on a on a new project and might have some new situations uh, on the horizon to be able to elevate stuff and take it to another level. So I'm I'm so I'm looking forward to be able to talk more about that in the future. But yeah, you can just expect more music and and more uh, aspects of everything will be all right. And um, we just uh, had our first round with offering. I, I didn't really break this down about the therapy sessions, but uh, we can talk about that as well. But I, more than likely, there'll be another round of uh, offering therapy sessions uh, for people to apply for to through the Everything Will Be Right initiative. So, okay, so so break down the links for all of this. Where can we go to find out all of this information? Gotcha. Yeah, so you can um, follow me at, at Alfred Nomad A L F R E D N O M A D. Um, alfrednomad.com. If you go to, uh, if you go on to my, let's say my Instagram, if you go to, if you go to my bio, you'll be able to see all the links and you'll see where you can um, donate uh, for the Everything Will Be All Right project. But if you go to alfrednomad.com, uh, you'll be able to find it as well uh, where you can donate. But it's, it's a GoFundMe. You can actually donate to offer uh, where, where we're raising funds to provide free therapy sessions for black creatives. And yeah, and you can see all the information and listen to the album, you know, and watch the visuals and everything around that too. So it's a whole experience. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah. Alfred Nomad, you have dropped so much knowledge on this discussion. We are grateful for that. And uh, we're fans, man. Like I said, I became an instant fan. As soon as I got your email and clicked on the links, I was like, oh, this kid is dope. And Please don't. I, I call you a kid because I'm 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 probably a lot older than you. <laughs> I'll take it, man. Yeah. This guy is dope. I love your shit, man. I love your stuff. It's amazing. And I, I love to your... collaborate on all of us. Okay, so so you just took the words out of my mouth. I have an idea for a collaboration. Okay. I'm not going to share it here because I don't want anybody stealing our. our, wow. our... <laughs> got you, got you, smart man. He's you, gonna... you've been around the block. You know how this works. <laughs> but I want to talk to you about it right after. Um, okay, but before we close, look again. You've dropped a lot of wisdom. Any any words of advice for a young aspiring musician, indie artist who wants to do what you've done? You know, maybe they're living elsewhere and they have their their sights set on L.A. or whatever. What would you tell this person? Um, to work at your craft, learn as much as you can, not only about your craft, but about how, how the business of that works. Um, keep ownership of what you're doing at all costs, you know, as much as possible. Yes. Um, you know, um, find some people that know more than you do. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and I, I, I'm a still a quote that I've heard recently was, um, you know, learn the rules like a professional, but then break them like an artist. So it's like, you know, like, don't, don't, don't limit yourself, uh, with what you want to do. Like your ideas aren't crazy, you know, and, and just don't give up, like, don't be, get discouraged and don't get caught up in all the hype or how many people are liking or commenting on your stuff. Like just do it and make sure it's, it means something that is important to you and, and just keep learning and progressing. And eventually you'll get on the Nomad, you know, musician podcast <laughs> and a career musician show and, and you can keep growing from there. You know, that's right. I love it. You said something about own your own your works, uh, something I like to talk about all the time. IP intellectual property. Mm -hmm. That's that's so important. Right. Yeah, man. How, yeah. We've we've seen way too many times of these artists that reach the the hot the top tier mountain and don't own nothing and don't have nothing to show for it you know at the end of the day and they're fighting later on trying to get their stuff back so try to keep that as much as you possibly can because that'll help you 
and the people you care about in the long run, you know, so. Right. Yeah. We're going to have to stop because everything you say gives me something else to shine the light on. You also said, don't just get, get discouraged by the numbers. Don't get discouraged by the lack of numbers or whatever. And boy, that's the truth too. It's like, you can't sit there and watch the feeds because if mm-hmm. you do, it's only a disservice to yourself. Absolutely. Do it because it matters, you know, and it matters to you and it might, and it matters, it matters to somebody. So do it because it matters mm-hmm. because you love it and just do it to the best of your ability and learn, you know what I'm saying? And, and just keep doing that and it'll it'll reach where it's supposed to go you know but just keep learning you know and get people around you that can get it to another level you know what i'm saying that'll right just do just do the work cultivate you know? that team absolutely. absolutely yeah man you are you're on point i love it thank you Ellen. before we wrap can we do some rapid fire Let's do it. Let's do All right. It. We're going to put you on a timer, though. So we're going to yep. have to go. Fast. Oh, man. You okay. have one minute to answer as many questions as you can. I'll tell you when the 10 second mark hits and I'll count down from five. Okay. Yep. And I got a stack of cue cards full of questions right here. Look at this. All right. I'm wondering how many people have gotten through these, but I'm going to try and be competitive on this and see what. All right. Good, good, good. And I'm going to try to deliver it as fast as possible. All right. All right. All right. Eric G, count us in, bro. And three, two, one. Which is your favorite social media account? Instagram. Favorite decade of music? Mine. <laughs> no, I'll say that, uh, 90s, 90s. I'll say 90s. Song or band that changed your life? Uh, the Roots. Electric or acoustic? Acoustic. What would no, you electric. do? Yeah, electric, electric. Sorry. What electric. would you do if you weren't a career musician? I'd probably be a tattoo artist. Guilty pleasure food? Mm, wings. Introvert, extrovert. I'm an introverted extrovert. <laughs> Second time we got that. <laughs> Dream collab, dev, dead or alive? Oh, uh, Dilla. Shopping online or in store? Online. <laughs> Hidden talent. Ooh, um, Ten. I can bend my thumb like this. <laughs> but that's scary. Artists in your playlist currently. Kuangbin. Uh, uh, One. All right. Kuangbin. That's right. I love them. They're, they're like, uh, where are they from? Uh, oh, they are from, I think from Texas. From Texas. From but Texas. That, that name is like a Polish derivative of, of an aircraft. I think, yeah. I think it's, is it Polish or South South American something? I okay. forget. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yes, yes. It's, it's from a, their their band name is from another language. Yeah, that's right. One of our team members here, Charlie Weinman, his favorite band is that same band. Yeah, they're dope, man. I feel like I keep mentioning them, but that's just came, what came to my mind first. That's <laughs> awesome, man. That's awesome, bro. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Man, appreciate it. this was an amazing conversation. So I, I appreciate this. This was dope. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. 
I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.